Welcome back, everybody who's listened before, and welcome to people who haven't. Um, we are Low Tech. I'm Josh, and this. And I'm Brian. <laughs> we are not always in sync, but we are two unique people who have unique <laughs> ideas and brain powers. And we are here to talk about Casual Commander, like we always do. Yep. Today is actually part two of God knows how long of a series uh, <laughs> that may not be sequential or back to back, involving the Rubik's deck building method. And last episode, we went over how to create a core for the Rubik's method. And now we're actually going to go over two shells that go into that method. Mm -hmm. So even though it's only been a, um, a week, um, I had already been in the process of changing the core from, for me, from 70 cars to 65. So your core doesn't have to be a set size. The core is just the size of how many cards you want to play in every deck of that color scheme, basically. If you want to do it just your mana base and your rocks and stuff, go right ahead. And then have your your shells be whatever, you know. It doesn't even have to be the same color, you know. Just That's how that works. So this is a shell showing how it integrates easily. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to do two decks, two shells today. Uh, mostly just the cards that are specifically picked out for that commander. Um, I picked out uh, a new commander from Kamigawa, uh, Nashi, Moon Sage Asylum. And remind me what you picked again, Brian? Uh, I picked uh, your Gaunti Lord of Luxury deck. Ah, uh, uh, yes. I have a feeling it's going to be different from what most people think of when they think Gaunti Lord of Luxury, though. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> so, before we get into the actual decks, I'll give you a quick uh, hypes out. So, Nashi, I have her built around top deck shenanigans. Like, taking cards from people's hands, putting them on top. I tutor to the top, and then cast... It's mono-black Atali, but I use setup things to predict or plan what's on top of the decks. The mm-hmm. Gonti is mono-black land destruction. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's so far off my wavelength that people, they look at it and they're like, the hell? But it, it's not strong. It's just fucking annoying and hilarious. It's so my good. spells are bad, my plan is bad, but when if I can win, holy crap, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's it's something special. A lot of... I've, I think very rarely just, like, looking... Because on Moxfield, I don't have it set to the pictures until I hover over the card. There's so many cards I need to hover over to figure out what they do. <laughs> yeah. I spend half the game explaining my cards. <laughs> Alright, so, you know what? We're going to go ahead and do the dumb deck first. So, we're going to talk about Gonti first. Alright. Yeah, so, I, I looked over Gonti, uh, Josh looked over Nashi. Uh, and obviously, Josh knows both of these decks pretty well, seeing that he uh, made them. <laughs> Um, yeah, Gonti, this is single target land removal. Um, for the most part. Yeah, for the, for the most part. There's a, you have one of my favorite sorceries in all of Magic in here, uh, that we'll go over. But I guess, uh, before we get into the cards, when you step into a game as Gonti, what's your kind of goal to win the game? Like, what are you looking for? What are you trying to do as you play it? What's, like, the thought process, would you say? Um... Generally, I pick the biggest asshole at the table. All right. And if it's not me, um, (laughs) (laughs) 
then I just try and keep everybody's resources pretty close together. Mm-hmm. And I completely ignore the mono green player because I can't do shit to them. Um, <laughs> trying to trying to land control a mono green player is it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but generally, it's a resource control deck mm-hmm. because he's the lord of luxury, or as I call the deck, the lord of real estate. Yeah. Um, he literally flips flips real estate for profit in the game. So generally, the person I think is gonna be the biggest issue like if somebody turn one soul rings i'm blowing up your lands first <laughs> like that's just how that works whoever's ahead i'm targeting them as if you're playing them and if you're playing a monocolor deck i'm going to target you later uh yeah. for two very specific cards that push me towards uh terminal velocity <laughs> um and then why gaunti for this uh as your land destruction commander um it's very cloak and dagger um, because they look at Gonti and that's definitely not what they think is coming um, also for the fact that my land destruction premise doesn't really have a way to win on its own that's a good point um, a lot of my victories are going to come from what I steal from other opponents and Gonti's not the only way I steal cards in this deck Yeah. Uh, oh no <laughs> definitely not No, I literally He's an asshole. He's a real estate agent. He really is. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take your 10 cent land and I'm going to turn it into a $10 whatever on my side because <laughs> your stuff's worth more to me than it is to you. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, Wizards tried to make Gonti this crime lord villain, but they should have just stuck with him being a real estate agent, I think, in the Call of Ash storyline. <laughs> it's. It's it's kind of a meme around the store now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Especially in Idaho, where real estate is freaking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's no. a real problem out here, so everybody likes beating on my Gonti. Um, <laughs> I don't get to pl- I don't play it in league games. To be fair, I mean, even yeah. I do, but there's a couple cards that I cannot play during the league game. Yeah. So as a reminder for anybody who didn't see our first episode, the league we play at has some house rules, um, and one of them is you can only destroy one land per player per turn. Um, this is actually not that big of a deal for you, because you destroy um, its single target land removal. Um, it makes it hard for your plan of beating up one specific player, but... it's I mean, it, yeah. it would still work. I think it's probably not ideal, and it definitely... Um, as AJ would say, doesn't really go towards the spirit of the league. It's definitely one built for the more unrestricted type mm-hmm. games, um, but it's funny. Yeah, it's super cool, and you got some great cards. Uh, looking at here, I see Oblivion Sower. Um, loved this card in Standard. Uh, I think this is doesn't it doesn't destroy lands. Do you have? I didn't see much land exile uh, when I was looking over the deck. There's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Oblivion Sower doesn't get some super secret synergy, but it's just a great card, anyways. Uh, six no, 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 no. Though there is a super secret synergy. Oh, and I must have not seen it then. Oh yeah, I'm about to, I'm about to I'm about to educate you. You gonna oh, learn yeah. today. Uh, so Oblivion Sower. Uh, okay. Aside from the cards we're gonna go over, pretty much there's 20 other cards in the deck that are single target. Either a land doesn't untap or uh, destroy target land. 
Some of them say destroy land or creature. Some there is one spell that exiles a single land or creature. It's a uh, it's a instant. What, what was, where is it at? Where is it at? Scar from resistance. <laughs> uh, no, it is. It's, no, it's not a grip of desolation. Grip of desolation. Oh Four yeah. Two black. It's devoid. Mm-hmm. So exile target creature and target land. So and target basically, land. yeah. So mm. if something has protection from black. I can still exile it. Yeah. As far as creatures go. Um, I that's, misread that. Yeah, exile target creature and target land. Yeah, it's value. Um, but the card that I play that synergizes super well with our good friend the Oblivion Oh, well, I think I see it. <laughs> Dude, go for it. Uh, Hedonist Trove. Okay, close. Oh, ooh. Oh, I'm, I'm really excited now. All right, so tell us about Hedonist Trove. Uh, Hedonist Trove, five, fla- 5 black black for an enchantment from Dragons of Tarkir originally. Um, as it enters the battlefield, exile ar- all cards from target opponent's graveyard. You may play land cards exiled with Hedonist Trove, still only one land per turn, or unless you have another effect. And you may cast on land cards exiled with Hedonist Trove. You can't cast more than one spell this way each turn. Yeah, that's one of my um, Gaunty-ish win cons, as well as Praetor's Grasp. You saw that too. Yeah. So, those three Praetor's Grasp, uh, Hedonist Trove, and Oblivion Sower let me take, as well as Gaunti, let me take some cards from my opponent to use their stuff against them, you know? Yeah. But one of the cards that makes specifically Oblivion Sower work mm-hmm. is Sadistic Sacrament. Sadistic Sacrament. There it is. Um, okay. Oh. Okay. Oh, this doesn't uh-huh. say non-land. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So, so this attachment <laughs> is three black to play. Yep. Uh just black black black. Sorcery. It's from one of the old old uh Zendikar sets. Mm-hmm. It has a kicker of 7. And you'll see why. And so I searched target player's library for up to three cards. Exile them. Okay, three cards. Any cards I want. Then that player shuffles their library. If it was kicked, I instead search your library for 15 cards. Exile them. Then they shuffle their library. <laughs> and then I play the Oblivion Sower. And oh, yeah. then I take all 15 lands I just exiled from their deck. Yeah, so I, I guess I should go over Oblivion Sower real quick for everybody who doesn't know it. Because it's surprisingly not popular in Commander, which I think it should be way more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, six mana for f- six colorless for a five eight Eldrazi. Um, you may cast when you cast a Bolvian Sower, target opponent exiles the top four cards of his or her library. Then you may put any number of land cards that player owns from exile, not just from this creature's ability in exile, onto the battlefield under your control. Uh, they enter as they would, so if their basics land are untapped, um, shock lands, you get the choice. So, 6 mana for a 5-8, not a terrible stat line, but it has such a good ETB. I mean, even if you only hit one land and you exile four cards from an opponent, that's resource denial there. That's a swing for you. But with this, if you Hedonist Trove, you can steal all their lands immediately. And with Sadistic Sacrament, you can steal 15 lands. Uh, it's just yeah. so much value. And plus, if I play the Sacrament and I get all those lands out of their deck, mm-hmm. or a lot of them, then when I play Gaunti... Or when I play Hedonist Trove, I'm I'm more likely to hit 
powerful cards to use. Yeah. Yep, because they have less lands in their deck. That's uh -huh. so good. <laughs> it that's where like those four cards, mm. along with Gaunt here, basically how I get it done. Um there's a couple creatures that help out along this way. They're funny. They're uh, I'll just kind of go over some of the land destruction stuff because people might not really think about it. Because mm -hmm. uh, some of these things are weird, and you wouldn't think of just you would probably go on gatherer and search destroy target land, and you wouldn't see these guys. Yeah. Now, uh, the three creatures are mana leech, mana skip, <laughs> mana skimmer, and mole worms, and basically. All three of these have a similar effect. Mana Leech and Mole Worms. I can choose not to untap them uh, during my untap phase, but they tap to tap target land, and it doesn't untap as long as they're tapped. So I lock down someone's Cabal Coffers or whatever, you know? Yeah. I'm not destroying their land. I'm just freezing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mana Skimmer, whenever it deals damage to a player, tap a land they control, it doesn't untap. It's flying 2-2 two, two for four. It's not bad. And I get to choose the lands. So that's where those guys fit into the whole the synergy here. Mm -hmm. um, and they can pivot. You can change what land they're untapping and whatnot, which is pretty good. Uh, in case somebody else becomes a threat or you want to not focus one player out anymore. And then I guess we can go over some of the many, many sorcery land destructions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so there's Befowl. Yep. Two and a black, destroy target creature or land. Can't non-black creature or land can't be regenerated. Great card. Choking I think sands. Yeah. One in the black, destroy target non-swamp land. If it's a non-basic land, it deals two damage to their controller. Mm -hmm. eh. I the, the secondary effect's not a big deal. You want to do the next one on the alphabetical list? Uh, yeah. Desecrated Earth, I believe. Uh, I, I'm skipping oh. over Death Cloud. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was throwing you that one. <laughs> Uh, well, we can do Death Cloud now if you want. I was going to save it for the for the coup de gras, if you oh, want. Oh, yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, that's fine. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, Desecrated uh, Earth is four and a black for a sorcery. Destroy target land. It's controller discards a card. Pretty good, I think. Yep, just spoil. Yeah. Three and a black. Destroy target land. It's controller loses two life. <laughs> destroy the evidence. Destroy target land. It's controller reveals a card from the top of his or her library and until he or she reveals a land, then puts those cards into his or her graveyard. So basically I pop two lands. That's fine. Yeah, that's actually really good. Icequake. Destroy target land. If it's a snow-covered land, it deals one damage to a land's controller. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess Pox would be the next one. I don't. I guess uh, that was a little weird. I think we put, Pox in the, we put Pox in the Death Cloud area. We put Pox in the... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. All right. Uh, then Reign of Tears is next. Um, one black black, destroy target land. Sorcery. Simple. Yep. Obviously not the best, but it's really versatile. It's it, straightforward. Yep. <laughs> One and two black for Rancid Earth, destroy target land. With Threshold, instead destroy that land and Rancid Earth deals one damage to each creature and each player. A Pestilence built in. Yeah. If I have a Threshold. Which is likely if I'm getting reamed. And then next, the Good old staple land removal in black sinkhole. Black, black, sorcery, destroy target land. Solid. Yep. And just so you know, like we said earlier, um, Grip of Desolation. Four and two black, destroyed, exile target creature and target land. It's the only instant 
uh, land rule besides Scour from Existence, which in, <laughs> normally I use Scour from Existence for artifacts or enchantments. Yeah. In this deck, I would use it for Scour, especially if I know I've got my uh, Hedonist or Oblivion Sower coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's also a couple enchantments. Yeah. <laughs> These were so sick. I think Blight was the coolest one I saw from there. Yeah, blight blight is like a delayed single. <laughs> black black enchant land. If they tap it, it's destroyed at end of turn. Done. Yep. Uh, brink for, brink of disaster. Two black black enchant creature or land. When enchanted permanent becomes tapped, destroy it. Yep. <laughs> Which is um, so cool. Also, there's another card in here. Not land destruction, but it does help the Gaunti method. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dead man's chest. Oh, so sick. Yeah, one in the black, enchant creature and opponent controls. When that creature dies, exile cards equal to its power from the top of their library, and I can cast spells from them as long as they remain exiled. And I may spend mana as any color. Basically, I enchant a Voltron commander, and when they die, I get a lot of options. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that Manchester is such a fun card to play. Um, Desolation. Uh, one black black enchantment. At the end of each turn, each player who tapped a land for mana... During that turn, sacrifices a land. If a planes is sacrificed this way, Desolation deals two damage to that planes controller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's rude. Yeah, it's rude, but I think it's super cool. It is. It's like, well, you can counterspell me, but it's gonna hurt. <laughs> and thinking of, speaking of rude and super cool, um, <laughs> your next one that we haven't got <laughs> over is coming up. And I love this card. I'll let you have this. I'd see it all the time. <laughs> I play this card... In every opportunity I get. Uh, four black black, metal vine blight, enchantment aura, enchant creature, land, enchanted permanent has at the beginning of your turn, sacrifice this permanent and attach metal vine blight to a creature land you control. So it just slowly... It's at, it's at the end. End of turn, but still. Yeah. Um, so it just slowly destroys all of one player's stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. But they get to choose the order. Yeah, they, get, they, you know. they do get to choose the order. It's not actually that amazing, because it's slow, they can play a bunch of stuff they don't care about, they can throw it on tokens. Um, if they kill the creature, if you if they put it on a creature, then sack the creature, it goes away. Um, so, I think, I think it's just super sick, though. Um, it is hilarious. Um, the next one is a little bit more rude. <laughs> um, two and a black, two and two black. Uh, tainted Aether. Enchantment. Whenever a creature comes into play, its controller sacrifices a creature or land. So, yeah. Um, ha- like I said, real estate agent, if you want more people living in your house, you gotta pay for it. Exactly. Um, I believe Tainted Aether. Um, let me double check. Yeah, it's... Um, what is this? Uh, one, two... 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I had it set before, but I believe it's changed. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's actually changed a lot to where counting would take forever. It's um, in the top 100 saltiest cards on EDHREC. <laughs> oh, uh, here it is. Yeah, it has a salt score of 1.66. So the same as Mana Crypt. <laughs> um, yep. It's towards the bottom of the list, actually. Uh... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Jeez, but yeah, it's I think it's a sick card, uh, but it is a little salt inducing <laughs> for your token players at your table. 
I I think the uh, the most salt inducing is when I stole someone's turret out of their deck with Gonti, <laughs> and then played Tainted Aether. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Well, they they gave me the gun, man. I just shot the bullet. Um, let's see. I have a bunch of lands that destroy lands. My favorites are still Feel the Ruin or Ghost Quarter, um, but yeah. plenty of things like Encroaching Waste, Tectonic Edge, uh, you know, not super strong, not like Strip Mine. You know, I'm not investing that much into a Salt Factory here, but pretty straightforward. Just like I blow up lands. So let's look at a couple of those uh, Coup de Gras salt, uh, salt sprays. Yeah, um, I think the absolute coolest one is Death Cloud. Um, sorcery, X, black, black, black. Um, each player loses X life, discards X cards, sacrifices X creatures, then sacrifices X lands. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful, honestly. <laughs> It's like an art piece uh, of just... It affects you, too, so you have to be careful with it. Um, which I, which is actually what I like about it. It's one of those cards you have to be really smart about. Uh, a lot of my cards fuck me over, too. Like, all the things that says tap land, destroy land, like, they hurt me, too. Yeah, they put you behind uh, the two player... The player you're not affect... The two players you're not affecting with it. Um... Yeah, but I think I think uh, Death Cloud's super great, and it, and it can win you the game too because uh, it has the lose lose life attachment on it. It normally uh, puts me in a winning position, specifically after Oblivion Sower or Hedonist Drove. Yeah, that's a good point because it gives you just so much lands to use. I have I'm recycling. They they can't afford it, especially yep. whoever I exile fifteen lands from their deck from. <laughs> Um, and then you have... Do you want to do Pox? Or do you want me to cover All right, Pox? so I will talk about our top card from 2020. Um, it is three black to play. Black, black, black. Uh, Pox. Sorcery. <laughs> Each player loses one-third of his or her life, then chooses and discards one-third of the cards in his or her hand, then sacrifices one-third of the creatures he or she controls, and finally, literally the word says finally... Uh, sacrifices one-third of the lands he or she controls. Round each loss up. Effects that prevent or redirect damage cannot be used to counter this loss of life. He he he. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a perfect way to say it. He he he. I think this card's so sick. It's, it's three mana, which is so little for what it does. Um... You can float mana in response to it when you play it on your turn, because it is a sorcery, and then sack the lands you tap so you still have access to that mana on the turn. Um. <laughs> this is one of I those know. cards that, like, I wish I could see each player's face the first time they get a cast against them. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, it so doesn't work at League Play, unless you do Unrestricted, but... Normal games, it works wonders. I mean, I mean, I still pop one land from each player in league. Yeah. So, I still basically limit the board, hurt life, and then follow up with a death cloud or whatever to coup de gras if I can. Yeah. Um, so there's one card I took out of here uh, because I like to keep my decks as Highlander as possible. Um, it did have smallpox in here, but I put smallpox in my high tower deck, which we'll talk about another time. 
uh, basically smallpox is instead of one third, it's just one. That's yeah. smallpox. And it's pretty good. But yeah, as well. That's basically that's oh, uh, we there is one more coup de gras. Uh, that we did not talk about. That's my absolute favorite. Oh, then go right ahead. So, in my show, I play Erberg. Because why not? Oh, that's right. How can we forget? How can we forget? (laughs) I have a very special artifact that's very close to my heart. It's how my Shirei uh, popper deck uh, almost stopped being popper because I wanted to play it. It's Cormispell, a four-cost artifact. It says all swamps become 1-1 one, one black creatures. The, the swamps still count as lands, but cannot be tapped for mana the turn they come into play. <laughs> yeah. So all the creatures, all the lands become creatures. And if I board wipe, which I'm in my shell, I have a couple board wipes. It works. And they are black. So all his dust will make them sacrifice all their lands. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Um... It also synergizes with um, the other enchantment I have. Uh, where is it? Uh, Tainted Aether. Because now every, with Urberg, all their lands coming to play are swamps and 1-1 one, one black creatures. So a creature is coming into play, so they have to sacrifice a creature or a land. So it's it just full-on stops. Ramp. Yeah, it's uh, it's super good. Um, if you wanted to get really spicy, you could run Knight of All Souls Betrayal with this, where all creatures get minus one, minus one, uh, for a two black black enchantment. But, yeah, but then uh, I kill, I'm guaranteed to kill my own lands. <laughs> yeah. Unless you get a cage, son. I mean... Ooh. Yeah, I've been trying to fit, I got one, I just haven't fit it into my core I'm trying, I want it in there, but it's, <laughs> it's either... I play extra planar lens or or cage sun or try and find another place to put cage sun and extra planar. It's a really hard choice, man, because yeah. the turn the turn tempo. Um, I definitely think you, you probably want to be in a position where you run both, but I don't know what you cut mm-hmm. to run both. Right, because it's, it's just small. Yeah, card allotment. All right, so I think I'm double checking, looking over my list, making sure we didn't miss anything really cool. For this, uh, we covered the lands, the sorceries, the, the one instant. Um, oh, polluted dead. Oh yeah, there was a creature. Yeah, uh, four and a black. How could I forget? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I missed it too. Four and a black for a three-three. When polluted dead dies, destroy target land. You know. Yep. It's probably the least flashy of all of these sick cards, but it's pretty cool. Um, if you have any reanimator it- shells, you can abuse it a little bit. It's definitely there to be a chump blocker to punish whoever tries to hit me. Yeah, and it de-incentivizes people to attack you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it, not Probably not enough, considering everything else I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but it helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, what a troll-ass deck. This um, is, it's a funny deck. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, there's there's not really any other commander I would really put in front of a shell like this um, besides Gonti. Uh, yeah. Because it, it, it extra, it's exponential based on how much stuff I can steal from my opponents. Mm-hmm. So I'm limiting their lands, I'm taking cards from their deck. You know, just 
it's misery. Yeah, the only it's, thing I can think of it's is being like, an adult. It's being an adult. Oh god. Uh yeah, the only thing I can think of would be like running Massacre Girl for some creature removal too. Um in the command zone. But other than that, I think I think Gaunty's definitely the best bet you have. Yeah, Massacre Girl after doing the uh Erberg and <laughs> Kermit spell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seems okay. Uh, you can run Caravec, uh, which is just Knight of All Souls Betrayal on a three-two. But yeah, yeah. I, I think I think you're in the better slot. I think maybe if you wanted to get pricey, Tesh of Zot with partnered with another Mono Black, I would be okay. But you know, I don't I don't think you want to make everybody absolutely hate you. <laughs> no, I play Tavesh with my Tormod in my really shitty zombie deck, so. <laughs> He's there to give me some options, but he's not the greatest. All right. Yeah. But other than that, it's a super sick list. Um, I think <laughs> for players out there, um, running a little bit of land removal in your decks is smart. Um, there are a lot of very at, powerful at minimum, basics. Yeah, at minimum, mm -hmm. I would say Field of Ruin and Ghost Quarter. Yes, yeah. they are land destruction, and some people don't like that, but they are... Um, they replacement. They yes, they destroy a problem land, but they also replace it with a basic. So it's not as feel bad while still controlling things on the board. Yeah, I mean, I also think if somebody slaps down Urborg and Cabal Coffers and gets salty when you sinkhole their Cabal Coffers, they're being a little childish. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think there are powerful lands, and you should always have a plan to get rid of them. I might start slotting Grip of Desolation into some of my decks. Because instant speed, six mana, remove two things. And mm -hmm. it gets around protection from colors. And it gets around protection from colors. Like, because Sinkhole is at a good cost for a sorcery, and it's two black. And, you know, three black for uh, exile creatures good. And then two black to destroy a creature is good, so you're looking at five, but it's instant, so sinkhole should be three. So it's already not, doesn't have like a taxing to combine the effects. So I'd say it's like really well costed for its effect. Because you get both. It's not <laughs> one or the other. That's yeah. the cool part. Yeah, usually cards And they have don't like have to a... be controlled by the same person. That's another great point. You can also flex it. Uh... Normally cards have, like, a cost, like, they cost extra mana if they're two effects bundled together. So, like, you know, removal spell, instant speed should be two or three-ish, and then um, draw cards, draw two cards should be, like, uh, two or three, depending on if there's a downside associated, so it'd be, like, five or six mana, but sometimes it'll be more if it, uh, because they're tacked together. But that's pretty much, that's Gonti. Yeah, Gonti's um, super sick. <laughs> And like it's not a great deck for winning, but if you want to create some interesting playlines in a game and make people your opponents think about what they're doing and, or just cause problems, uh, he's top notch. <laughs> yeah, I actually have some card suggestions for you. I pull, I've pulled up here um, because I I was the one who went over this. Like I said, um, Ooh, notepad, notepad, notepad. <laughs> Uh, let me pull up TCG so I can get there. Anyone who plays against my Gonti, if these cards get swapped in, you can blame Brian. <laughs> it's just two cards. Um, first off, we have sitting around a dollar fifty, depending on the version. A little lower, a little higher uh, is Helldozer. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Three black black for a six five zombie giant. Black 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 and tap him. Destroy target land. If that land was non basic, untap Helldozer. Um, instant speed effect, so you can save mana for removal stuff, and if you don't end up using it, end of somebody's turn, blow up a bunch of lands. Oh, I, I definitely had them, and I remember him being in there, and I don't remember why I cut him. <laughs> Maybe because he was so expensive mana wise. Yeah. But um, considering how my core works it shouldn't be that big of an issue he's definitely mm -hmm. i'll definitely consider putting him back in maybe he's just too good for what i'm doing yeah <laughs> i mean that is a good point he has six mana and he doesn't do anything the turn he comes down so he is very vulnerable to just getting blown up by a removal spell yeah it's bad enough when i do things intentionally that basically i throw away my turn to blow up one land mm -hmm. and then i have a guy who throws away a turn he doesn't do anything the turn he comes in and he's got he gets removed like, people blow him up very, very much. Yeah. Especially if they're the people with non-basic lands. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I'm about to eat their shit. <laughs> at least, at least two. <laughs> um, but then, coming down, this card's $10 for a played version. Uh, a little under 15 if you want near mint. So it's a little expensive. It's Dust Bowl from Mercadian Masks. Um, it's a land. It enters untapped, and you can tap it for a colorless mana. Or you can spend three mana, tap it, and sacrifice one of your lands to destroy target non-basic land. Oh, so it is reusable. That's yeah, it's reusable. Uh, you still have to sacrifice a land. You can sacrifice itself as worst comes to worst. But very flexible. I think a great card people should keep an eye on. And if you want to run some non-basic land removal, a good card to slot into your decks as it doesn't enter mm -hmm. tapped. So it doesn't affect uh, there, your curve. There was there was one other. <laughs> Uh, artifact I was looking at putting in that I have a bunch of because I thought they were going to be better than they were mm -hmm. and they just don't don't work very well in our current meta but I still have them um, oh, what is that to um, <laughs> grabbing my binder would you like to describe it's, it it's a two cost artifact that you can I believe pay to and sacrifice it or just sacrifice and ex or exile it and for each player who has more lands than you, uh, you go search your deck for a basic and put it into play. Oh, I think it's Archaeomancer's map. I think it's a white card. Uh, Surveyor Scope. Oh. Uh, pay two to cast it. Tap, exile it. Search your library for up to X basic land cards, where X is the number of players who control at least two more lands than you. Uh, put those cards on the battlefield, then shuffle your library oh that's right um it, it's because of my lands norm normally sacrificing themselves to blow up lands um i at best i'm only going to be able to use that to get two basic lands yep and i would rather use burnished heart or myriad landscape in that factor i mean i still think this is pretty good because burnished heart it, it, costs six bad. mana um, and you can use it it's, early before they start ramping off. It's at best in most games I'll get it for two people. Mm -hmm. At normal I'll get it for one. Yeah, but yeah, I think it's interesting. I think a lot of white red players might want to keep this card on their roadmap. <laughs> yeah, especially if you have a lot of people who play green in your meta. Which you, which you do. I'm willing to bet you do. <laughs> yeah, the more people who play green in your meta, the more 
more useful surveyor's map is to decks that aren't green. Yeah. This is a... How much is surveyor's scope? Let me check right now. Like 10 cents. Like, it's nothing. Surveyor's scope. It is going for... 45... Yeah, less than a dollar. Great card. Actually, just super good. Yeah, uh, that and... Uh, the refractor, uh, mana refractor. Yep. You know, I mean, mana escape refractor. Even if this only gets you one land, that's just a colorless rampant growth. Because it enters uh, untapped. You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you get it for one, it still gets you what, and it's a tap, not a pay to tap it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And you don't, it's not a land that does it, so you're not losing anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, it's uh, it's pretty fair. Let us dive into Nashi now. I think it is time oh, to this begin. Part, this deck's sick. It's it's definitely got its interesting points for sure. There's a lot of shenanigans that happen here. Yeah, um, it's very now. Kamigawa hasn't been out very long, but one of my favorite commanders for a long time that I've never played because it's red is Itali. And yeah. everyone knows, pretty much everyone knows what Itali does when it attacks, you exile cards from people's deck and you cast those cards. I've wanted something like that in black for so long that I was playing Gaunti. Like, I, Gaunti is the other version of this commander, basically. But this yeah. is built differently because ninja. Fuck yes, ninja. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, so Nashi. Moon Sage Silent. One and two black. Legendary creature Rat Ninja 3 2. Has Ninjutsu for three and a black. Which, if anything of yours is unblocked, you Ninjutsu from the command zone. So commander tax is non existent if you can oh, pull it off. I'm I'm sorry to be the one who tells you this. Uh, ninjutsu says from your hand. Okay, fuck off. Um, but I have other ninjas to put this in my hand. Yeah, yeah, I'll remember that. But but <laughs> but remember, uh, Nashi can't be from your command zone. Uh, the uh, Yuriko, I think, is the blue black one. Specifically, has Commander Ninjutsu. All right, noted. I haven't <laughs> played it wrong yet because I've only played it in one game. <laughs> but I'll remember not to play it wrong. Thank you. Yeah, you're so, fine. <laughs> so when Nashi hit deals combat damage to a player, uh, I exile the top card of each player's library, including mine, and until end of turn, I may play one of those cards. Uh, if I cast a spell this way, I pay life equal to its mana value rather than paying its cost. So, mm -hmm. but I can also play lands from this. Yeah. So it's a little bit different than Atali. Because um, I can play one of those cards, so I just pick what I need at that time, basically. But all the rest of them stay exiled. So there's a lot of things in here that are going to be very pivotal on the Nashi's effect. Mm -hmm. uh, so do you want to go first or do you want me to kind of... Because uh, we're going to start with planes, the Planeswalker, the one. Yeah, I mean, I I'll, I think since you dived into this, I'll do Liliana, because she's pretty self-explanatory. I don't want to steal a super spicy stuff from you, because I don't necessarily mm -hmm. know all the super spicy stuff yet. 
Um, That's fair, but your commentary will definitely be uh, on the cards when I sh- tell you makes sense. Will make sense. Yeah, Liliana Vess, uh, first planeswalker I opened from a pack. Fun fact: uh, three black black for a five loyalty Liliana planeswalker. Uh, plus one. Uh, target player discards a card. Uh, decent, uh, but you're mostly going to be using that to activate its minus two more often, which is minus two. Search your library for a card, then shuffle your library and put that card on top of it. Um, you obviously do this so you can fuel Nashi, put something you want there so you can cast it with Nashi for basically free, because you're using your life total. Free mana-wise, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then minus eight... Um, Rise from the Dark Realms. Put all creature cards from all graveyards onto the battlefield under your control. I doubt you'll be getting there too often with her in this deck specifically. Yeah, especially when I can tutor and put Rise of the Dark Realms on top of my deck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Liliana Vest is a great card. Uh, you should be running this in most of your casual black decks. Uh, repeated tutors is super powerful. Um, and she does that. I mean, at worst, she's 5 mana tutor, distract, remove a removal spell from your opponent's hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, pretty simple, straightforward. I get one of my cards that I want from my deck, put it on top, so that when I hit someone uh, that turn, I get to cast that card I put on top. Or play it, if it's a land. Like, if I really need a land, I'll do it. <laughs> um, or a better land. Like, if I want to put Urberg out out of nowhere, or Cabal Coffers, you know? Boom, play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Um, now, when we get to my creatures, um, I play a, there's a variety of effects that are going into my creatures that help this work. Um, sorry, just a second. <clears throat> okay, so the main thing I want is to be able to get in without being blocked. So a lot of my creatures are going to have something that helps them with that. Okay. So I have two nin- <clears throat> I have two ninjas. Um, I'll probably add in more. Mm-hmm. That'll help me get Nashi to my hand after she's been in play as well. Um, one is Azra Smoke Shaper. Three and a black. Azra Ninja. Ninjutsu, one in the black. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, target creature I control gains indestructible to end of turn. Cool ninja. And can possibly protect uh, Nashi. Yep. Um, the other ninja, where is it? Uh, Skull Snatcher. One in the black. Rat ninja. Ninjutsu for one black. Uh, when it deals combat damage to a player, I remove two cards in their graveyard from the game. Kind of techy, but mostly a one black ninjutsu to get Nashi back to my hand. Or another cool ETB effect. A mm-hmm. uh, couple other creatures. Uh, Shadow. Shadow yeah. is a really big deal for this deck. So I'm playing currently uh, four Shadow creatures that cost one and a black. Uh, Dorothy Cutthroat, Dorothy Ghoul, Dorothy Horror, and Dorothy Warlord. Now... <laughs> They're all basically 1-1s in this situation. Dorothy Horror is a 2-1, but it can't be blocked by white creatures. But it's Shadow, and I don't think I'm going to ever see a white Shadow creature happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so four Shadow creatures basically means they're going to go unblocked, so I can try and get my ninjutsus off 
and go. Um, along that same mindset is Pharopede. Three costs, one, one, artifact, creature, insect, unblockable. When it deals combat damage to a player, remove a counter from target permanent. An interesting side effect, but yeah, it's it's there for the unblockable. Yeah. Um, let's see, where is it? Um, there was another one that's unblocked. Ah, Tormented Soul. One black, one one. Can't block, unblockable. Boom. That's my evasion uh, stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's also a changeling that has the same... That's just Tormented Soul, but different name. You might want to run. Let me... Changeling Outcast. Um, just one mana, one one. Can't block, can't be blocked with uh, Changeling. So it's every creature type. Okay, cool. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, there was two other creatures I almost forgot oh. uh, that you actually suggested originally. Um, Way Scout and Way Strike Force. <laughs> uh, Way Scout, one in the black, one one. Horsemanship. The best ability, and baby! <laughs> Way Strike Force is two and a black, two one. Also horsemanship. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, horsemanship is shadow with a different word. Horseman can only block, uh, only be blocked by horsemen. Yep. It's it's actually better than shadow because they can still block. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's way less horsemanship creatures than shadow creatures. Ha! I'm willing to way guess. less. Way oh. scout. Uh... <laughs> So there's a couple other interesting creatures uh, that help out with the actual Nashi strategy of top deck shenanigans. Um, there's creatures that do surveil, uh, scry, and explore. There's a there's an explorer too. Yeah. Uh, but like dead eye tracker, doom whisperer, tomb tomb robber, tomb robber. Uh, let's see who else. Varagoth, blood sky sire. Such a uh, as, he's really cool too and Ward Eye Witch uh, whenever another creature I control dies, scry one yeah. is Varagoth uh, in your core or is he just in the uh, he's the just stack? in this Fair yeah. Enough. I, yeah yeah. not all my decks are swingy swingy that's a good um, point but also Woe Strider so basically the rest of my creatures revolve around manipulating mostly my top deck Varagoth lets me also help make someone else manipulate their top deck um Varagoth might just be going straight to my ob deck and I might put in more uh shadow or unblockable creatures <laughs> into this yeah um because it's a I Varagoth happens <laughs> after I attack uh it happens anytime uh after, so you can attack with a creature and before blockers activate it you can activate yeah. it on your second main because he's attacked just anytime mm-hmm. it's true and I can do it more than once. No. So. No, I can't? You can only boast once a turn per creature. Oh, okay. See, yeah. there you go. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 okay, but I have plenty of effects to do that. You know? And yeah. I would rather get some more ninjas to get Nashi back to my hand and safe so I could protect her. Yeah, there's, there's a lot more ways for you to put to the top of your library than there is to force people to search, so I think you'll definitely be better in uh, Ob. Yeah, and with them searching, I don't really have control over what they get. Yeah. Uh, so I could be counting on them getting a good card, but with them knowing what I'm going to do, that doesn't seem like it would happen. It's a gamble. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather manipulate my own more than give a blind search to them. 
Yeah. But there are ways for me to take cards from my opponents that are more guaranteed. Uh, and that's when we get to our sorceries and we see one right away. Agonizing Memories is two and two black sorcery. I look at target player's hand and choose two cards from it. I put them on top of their library in any order. So, oh, that's a really cool card you tutored for. We're going to put it back on top of your deck and then I'm going to take it or exile <laughs> it and not and not cast it, you know? That's pretty good. And, and it's interesting. I take severe threats out of people's hands and I either use them or get rid of them if mm -hmm. Nashi hits. Uh, let's see. Uh -huh. Similar cards. Uh, do Let's see. Painful Memories. Yep. It's it's one in a black sorcery. It's just like Agonizing Memories, but I get one card. Yeah. Half the cost, half the cards you get. Uh, another one similar. It's three mana. Uh, psychotic Episode. Uh, target player reveals their hand and the top card of their library. I choose one of the cards revealed this way, and that player puts the chosen card on the bottom of their library. <laughs> That's crazy. So I get to see if what they have on top is something I want, mm -hmm. and I get to see uh, the cards in their hand. So normally if I really want the card on top of their deck, I'll take a card out of their hand mm -hmm. and put it on the bottom of their deck. You know, still removing a threat, assessing the situation, or, oh, they got a land on top. I don't want that. God. Or I don't want them to have it either way. Yeah. So, and it has a madness cost of one in the black. Not bad. No, that's a super uh, sick card. It's hand manipulation. Not too bad, because even if I don't have Nashi out, they get the card back, so they don't feel too terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. That's the sorceries that uh, feed into the Nashi sequence. Uh, do -do -do. Not instance. many instances that do it. Uh, no, not really. Um, and I don't have one yet, but an instant in this section would be Vampiric Tutor. Yeah, obviously. Because... Uh, they'd say, oh, he hasn't set up his top deck, but now she's about to hit me. And they're like, no, I don't want blocker. They're like, fine, Vampiric Tutor. Yeah. Uh, then and surprise. <laughs> notably kind of synergizes with Nashi is Eat to Extinction. Uh... Yep. Exile target creature Planeswalker for three and a black instant. Mm -hmm. Look at the top card of the library, and I may put that card into your grave. I look at the top card of my library, and I may put that card in my graveyard. Yeah. So if you don't so, like what you're about to yeah. get, you can dump it. Mm -hmm. Very true. Uh, let's see. Artifacts. I think I had... Okay, so in my artifacts, there's one important one for sure, besides Bolas' Citadel, which yeah. is not Nashi on a stick, um, is Whip of Erebos. Because every time I activate Nashi, I'm going to be losing life. So Whip of Erebos is going to give me some lifelink, uh, to help maintain. And also it puts creature cards from my graveyard into play. So uh, when my ninjas and stuff die, I can get them back quicker. Yeah. Just such a great and, card for black decks in general. Yeah, I can pay four, tap it, I get one of my unblockable creatures back into play, it gets haste, I swing, and then I ninjutsu to my hand to get Nashi out of my hand into play or whatever. And so I don't exile the creature because it's not there anymore. No, I would leave the battlefield, so I still get exiled. But then I have a surprise attack out of nowhere to get in. 
Yeah. And that helps. And another one is Whisper Silk Cloak. Equipment, unblockable. Pew! Yep. Unblockable <clears throat> Shroud protects Nashi. Let's Nashi get in once you've cast her. Great card. Uh, two, in two interesting enchantments. Yeah, um, super interesting, actually. So, the first one's Mortuary. A really wonky card, but really cool. Three and a black. Whenever any creature is put into your graveyard from play, you put that creature on top of your library. Period. So it goes to the graveyard, then it goes to the top of your library. So I will always be able, if I, if I want to keep my creatures there, um, for whatever reason, I can keep getting my unblockable creature back, even though it keeps dying for whatever reason, or Nashi. I could put Nashi back on top of my deck. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> or a creature that uh, sets up my top deck. Yeah. You know? Notably, if you put Nashi back on, it's in your hand and then Jitsu later. It's just... I think Mortuary is a very underrated card. I was surprised about it. I was surprised I had never heard about it when you told me about it. Yeah, I was surprised too. <laughs> I was honestly, when I found it in Gathering, I was looking, I was like, why is this only five bucks? The yeah. other enchantment kind of plays in. It's one in a black. It's just one black. Uh, Gaunti's Machination. Whenever I lose life for the first time each turn, I get an energy. But I can pay two energy, sacrifice it, each opponent loses two life, and I gain life equal to life loss this way. So it's a mini gray merchant of asphodel mm -hmm. um, because i know i'm going to be costing casting losing my own life so it basically can get me one to two spells worth of life back yeah nine life back is huge for you yeah and i'm playing uh live fast as one of my draw spells so i could already have two energy potentially when i play the gontis machinations yeah and just say one black i gain nine life which is really good. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And also, uh, speaking of Grey Merchant and Mortuary, there you go. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little disgusting, actually. Um, uh, my lands, there's High Market, which plays into the Mortuary and gains yep. me life. Uh, Memorial to Folly yeah. um, also it gets my ninjas back to my hand. Mm-hmm. Mortuary Meyer puts creatures on top of my deck for Nashi. Yeah. Actually, um, we should go over Memorial to Folly more, because I think not enough people are running this card. Uh, yeah. It enters, yeah, it enters tapped, taps for a black, but you can pay two in a black, tap, sacrifice, it return her creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So I normally don't like lands that enter tapped, but the ability late game to bring back is such a pow like a powerful creature, maybe like a draw engine... Or, uh, or a gray merchant in the middle of combat when they finally not to block me. Yeah, or a gray merchant. Uh, and it can, like, surprise opponents because it's just, like, a, a land that'll stick out and they might forget about it or something. Or you can play it late game and then just have to rotate for one turn and get back a powerful effect. I think this card's underrated in decks that have creatures with powerful ETBs. And sometimes DTBs, too. Yeah, and, and dust <laughs> triggers, yeah. I mean, if you have an Ashnaut's altar, Death Triggers are just weird ETBs. <laughs> but yeah. They're activated ETBs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of creatures and stuff in this deck that can do more of what some of the other stuff in here is. This is still an early version. Yeah. So I'm not, like, overloaded on shadow creatures or overloaded on ninjas or surveil or scry or anything. I've got a lot of variety in here because I'm still feeling the deck out, trying to find what really makes it work. 
But right now, there's so much versatility in the deck that it it can do the same, do what it wants to do in multiple ways. Yeah, and that feels more like a ninja to me. Yeah, um, you definitely benefit from the command beacon reprint recently in Commander Legends too. Um, only like I, I do want to get now. it, but I I do want to get it, but uh, this would be the deck I would probably put that into for yeah sure. this is this is super good for it i think this is i think this is pretty good for an early build i think this i think you could run the deck as is um oh we didn't talk about doom whisper yeah a doom whisper does is one of the creatures that helps out with my surveilling yeah um so it's blind trample five mana six six it's a it's not a cheap card um, for when it came out it was much more expensive mm -hmm. um, it's a nightmare demon flying trample 6-6 six, six for 5 mana already before having any other effect it's amazing yeah I mean that's like a decent stat line right there Very yeah average. like even paying 6 mana for a flying trample 6-6 six, six is still fair you know with another ability as they usually do but pay two life, surveil two. So I look at the top two cards, put any number of them into my graveyard, and the rest on the top in any order. So I can filter a lot faster through my deck. Like if I'm hitting with Nashi, or about to, and I really need an answer to the situation, I just pay as much life as I can afford, and also keep in my head how much life I'm going to need to cast that answer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And go for it. Yeah. You know? It lets you dig so much. It lets you fill up your yard for a Rise from the Dark Realms play. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Es especially if I, uh, my Mortuary put creatures back on top of my deck and I want them in my graveyard for the Rise of the Dark Realms. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so I just surveil them into my grave, back into my graveyard, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's just, it's a good a card. It's just really good in commander for five mana i have an ability to it also synergizes amazingly with bolus of citadel yeah it's uh oh i'm stuck on a land gone <laughs> <laughs> that's actually kind of especially if you have uh the extort guy out so you just have the life to spare anyways oh uh, yet another thing that I was thinking about trying to put in here was some extort. Mm -hmm. Just Nashi has so many options and is ver so versatile. It's it's a fucking ninja. Yeah, like literally. Nashi doesn't feel busted though, because you still only get one card per player uh, per hit with Nashi. Yeah, and I have to hit. Yeah, I would. Uh, I definitely say Fire Shrieker would be a card you want to run in here, because uh, it says whenever Nashi does damage, I believe deals combat Ooh. yeah and fire fire shaker for you don't know three for the double equipment. strike three mana equipment i think three to equip give double strike yes the other thing uh, equipment i was actually thinking about was um the really big one where every combat phase i get an extra i don't think i know that card helm Helm of the Host? Oh, Helm of the... Oh, I, I thought you meant extra combat phase, every combat phase. Oh, no, not extra combat. It's just extra Nashis. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Just at really, like, most commander decks. Yeah. 
Helm of the Host and and uh, the double strike would be good ideas for sure. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, Nashi, I think uh, is one of these cards we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see a lot of uh, what's it called? A lot of players Var- start variants picking up and building different decks. Yeah, I don't think when when you play against Nashi, uh, I think we're gonna see a lot of different. You're not gonna be able to tell what's going on right away until some crazy combo deck comes around. But it's like <laughs> they could do the same thing with like almost any other black commander. Yeah. Basically. Like, Sadisi. Yep. Tutor to your hand. Done. Crick. He plays things really fucking cheap for life. It's Any any black commander can play Bolas of Citadel, which is almost the same thing. Yeah. It's really about... And Ganti take cards from opponents. Um, but it's really about the having the options from mm-hmm. all four, so you may get surprised with something that really changes the game. And... I feel for Nashi, I really like it because every time it starts working, um, even without the Rise of the Dark Realms play, you know, as a surprise, mm-hmm. I have different paths I can take because my opponent's decks are always going to be different, you know? Yeah, and you, you and have, what, you have what's to in their hand or on top of their deck is always going to be different. So the game is going to be different for me every time I play. Yeah. I think all in all, Nashi's like, I think takes so much from every aspect of mono black. It's a great example of the versatility uh, the color offers. Yeah, even in this one, I've got discard, I've got reanimation, I've got deck filtering, I've got taking off the top of their deck, taking out of their hand, life drain effects. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of everything that black does. Nashi is a Black of all trades. <laughs> master of none. Uh, master of one. <laughs> and that's being the only mono black Atali. <laughs> yeah. But worse, in a way. But better, because black. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my mind. So I think those were our two decks for this week. I think. Uh, that is what we had planned for, and we planned accurately because it took us about. 30 to 35 minutes per deck. Yeah. Which makes sense. We only really... We didn't go over every single card uh, in the shells because if someone was going to try and build their own, you know, we're just going over things that, hey, this is what made this deck work. It's not, hey, here's the staples we're playing that are good in black and they fit in this deck because we had space. No, this is, hey this synergizes with what the commander or the deck is trying to do. Yep. And that's generally how we're going to do most of these shells because a lot of them, I build them that way. There's like uh, 35 card shells now. Uh, normally 10 to 15 of those cards are just unique cards from my collection that I'm spreading around to use different cards in every deck for removal, wipes, land, rocks, things like that. Mm-hmm. Draw. Like... You saw in this list, I'm playing Mastermind's Acquisition. Why? Because I'm spreading around all the many different mono-black tutors I have so that every deck has a unique one, you know? Because Nashi's a mastermind. Always got to <laughs> plan, you know? It's fucking Nashi's MacGyver. Just can make anything come out of the air. Right. 
I've only got bubble gum, but we're making a bomb. Um, <laughs> and so, like, things like that. Like, live fast. That's a unique draw spell for this deck. Yeah. And whereas another one will have, like, uh, succumb to temptation or something like that, you know? So, about 20 cards is how I, at minimum, is how I build my shells that synergize or revolve around how I want to play the commander or the deck. Yeah. Gonti is a little bit more overloaded because um, it's he's, just a big old bag of salt. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's also a very specialized theme. Yeah, the the ways that really work for that commander, there's only like five or six of them available, you know. And then everything else is just land destruction that feeds into that plan of slowing people down until I get it, trying to burst their their uh, their housing bubble. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a bad person. No, you're um, a good person. Gonti's the bad person. <laughs> this is true. And every day I make him more and more evil. Yeah. Just because. <laughs> but well, no, um, only modification I can really say for this episode is like uh, between the last one and this one, I like I said, I did shrink the shell down from 70 to 65. Mm-hmm. And basically the way I did that is I just took out... Uh, one uh, board wipe. I, I only had like three or three at the time. I took mutilate out and spread it to another deck because every deck's going to have their own unique board wipes, so yeah. it's okay. Um, I took out uh, a draw spell, a spot removal, um, a rock, and a land. But, and it wasn't a land. It was something else I took out, but still, in the end, it just... I just cut down on the amount of quote-unquote staples in the core for functionality and then let the actual shells handle basic stuff like ramping drawing tutoring uh, board wiping spot removal you know so that i can because i have all these black cards that why shouldn't i use them that's the whole point of the of the rubik's method is being able to use more cards Mm -hmm. or use repurchase less so you can have like a 75 card shell core if you wanted to and just build 25 card uh shells for commanders yeah or 50 and 50 or 80 and 20 it's really just how you want to do it how many staples you want to run in your core and use over and over and over Mm -hmm. but that's the method and so far that's two of the of the uh 12 that i've got built and by the next time (laughs) we talk it'll probably be 13 we're, we're slowly chipping away at it we'll, we'll be done one day we promise <laughs> <laughs> our sisyphusian task of talking about all of josh's mono black decks yeah you know, we may end up having to just do like two decks every two weeks yeah. and do other stuff in between um we're speaking of which in between this week we're going to be recording an episode with one of our uh members of our discord who's also one of our, our main admin thank god yeah. and uh he's got a pretty interesting uh primal surge deck that we're going to be looking at and talking with him we're going to be recording this that during the week mm-hmm. and probably releasing it uh during the week as well because why not yeah so or, this might be a double episode week for them depending on when this releases it, it, yeah and we're going to do some things like that as well in the future, you know, just because why not? 
and we may save some of those deck techs. So if, if you end up being a person who does deck tech with us, just because we don't release it right away, we may save it for a week where we're like, oh crap, we're not going to be able to record this week, so we'll just put out um, a deck tech we have on stash, you know? Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, yeah. With that, uh, I've got to go get ready for uh, busy Yeah, day, you do. So. Uh, what was your favorite card you uh, looked at today? My favorite card I looked at today. Oh, it was in Gonti. Hold on, let me pull up the name of it. A lot of the Gonti cards have very similar names, I found. <laughs> uh, other than Deathclap, but uh, car- it was a card I had never seen before. Where is it? Here, why don't you do yours while I quickly find it? So, of the cards I went over today, I think uh, some of my favorite ones um, were in Gonti because they're such fun cards. <laughs> um, yeah. But shit, just a sec. Sorry, my brain <laughs> shut down right as I was about to say it, and I was like, uh, "Oh no!" <laughs> um, oh, shit, what am I talking about? My favorite card overall of everything we talked about. It's been my favorite for a long, one of my favorites for a long time, and that's Cormus Bell. Yeah, Cormus uh, Bell is huge. I, I just I've always played a lot of black. I love Cormus Bell, not for the not always for destroying people, people's lands, but. Because I like hitting people with my land sometimes. Yeah. It's a win con. <laughs> my swamps challenge you to mortal combat. Do you block with your swamps? <laughs> and maybe they'll have, and they'll probably have less lands than you because of all of your sinkholing and whatnot. Yeah, in that situation for sure. <laughs> um, I think Desolation was my favorite, which is very an anti-spirit of the league card. Um, I just. <laughs> there is some very cheesy bullshit uh, synergies with the Desolation, so I get it. Yeah. Um, especially after I play Gormus Bell, and they're all, all lands or creatures too. <laughs> no, the, the Desolation though is the one that if you have a reaction, it's going to cost you. It yeah. basically adds at sacrifice a land to all instants. Yeah. You know. And step you're gonna lose a land. I mean, it basically makes it so you're using that one land per turn rule. Yeah. AJ blessed us with one land removal a turn, and by God, I'm gonna use it. (laughs) If I play it in that. I I generally don't, unless somebody's just being a jerk. I did play it in Arch Enemy, though. Oh, that's cool. Gonti, not as the enemy, but Gonti actually played a very pivotal role in our Arch Enemy game. Um, I was, even though the Arch Enemy kept, like, getting really good ramps and stuff off of us from his schemes, I was still able to keep him manageable. Yeah. Uh, the person who was playing it in their EDH deck, and it was, it was interesting. Um, we did lose, but that's because I think that the person who was playing was, we were playing unrestricted Arch Enemy, and oh, it ugh. was, abs- it was absurd. Yeah. So... I definitely yeah. think Unrestricted should be a pod-only game mode. Maybe Dice of Fate. Or Plane Chase. Yeah, uh, yeah, I feel that. But that, that's a that's a discussion for another episode. Right. Yep. Mixing and matching game modes and casual play. <laughs> Alright. Cool. Uh, so what was... It was Desolation for you. Yep. Yeah. Because yep. that's a... You know, it adds that... Uh, politicking it's like do you really want to pay a land to do this and other people are like why don't you do it land's worth it yeah it can add some uh risk to 
saying fuck you to blue i mean what <laughs> all right but on that note, uh yeah we're good for the day uh you guys have a great time be safe be friendly be casual yeah be casual check us out on uh twitter uh at low tech l-o-t-e-c um instagram uh snapchat right yeah l-o-t-e-c-c-m-d-r yeah i should i should actually access that snapchat so i can start i've I've been the, dropping the ball on helping our social media game out. I'm 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 hopping on the Twitter a lot, talking to other content creators and casual players and memes. Yep. <laughs> good. I've never been a good social media user, as anybody who's close to me can tell you. But yeah, and then check out our Discord. Uh, links to that at, on our Twitter, I believe, and then our RSS should have one. Yep, and to, um, on the Discord to our Discord as well, where you can hang out, talk with us, and yeah. give feedback and suggestions. Post deckless. Yeah, and watch us giggle at your silly combos, in a good way. In a good way, I promise. Yeah, and have Cameron uh, post absolutely the weirdest Magic the Gathering cards I have ever seen. <laughs> and then we find ways to make them silly. Yeah. But yeah, with that, uh, see you all next week. Take it easy.